We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Here's a completely random non-football question, but I was a fun one. Thank you for the question. Who most cherished gift you got as a kid for Christmas? My that's I had two. One is as I was older, I got a bike. We went through Christmas. I'd really wanted a bike, a ten speed, like a dirt, like a you know, you know, how we were when we were kids, like not the ten speed, but like the the dirt bike. And I really wanted it. And we went through the Christmas, and we I didn't get it, so I was a little bummed. And my dad was like, I think it was my dad was like, uh, oh shoot, I think I think we need to go outside real quick. Went outside and. I, our bikes were there, which was pretty mm-hmm. cool. But then the other one was Castle Grayskull. When I got Castle Grayskull, mm. kid, that was that was like what? I got Castle Grayskull. Yeah, that was for those of you. Oh, it's he. It was a He Man. The Castle. Yo, you He-Man. just made me think about something. I was about to think that the first time I got Nintendo. Oh yeah, because I think my dad had to go to. Now that I know the story, I think he ended up going to like a Toys R Us that was like fifty miles away from our home or something. Mm-hmm to find it and it was like one of the last ones it, because it was crazy and i man i sat there and played that 10 yard fight in that uh pro wrestling game 10 yard fight us, wow yes yeah, he, he allowed us to uh actually open the gifts on christmas eve okay yeah so man that definitely but i remember also got the aircraft carrier from gi joe mm-hmm. one year I and never, I was, was never a GI Joe guy. You, you, you were a GI yeah. Joe. Okay, I was a GI Joe Transformers okay. guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was Transformers He Man. No, oh, well, that's another one. You just made me think of one. When I got Optimus Prime, mm. but I think that might have been actually for a birthday. But when I got Optimus Prime, I was like, oh, 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 yeah, Prime was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. He, that was another was one. It was hard to. It was hard to. Yes, yeah, so it was hard to find because they yeah. sold out so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Those are those are good ones. Optimus and Megatron were like really difficult to find. Yeah. See, I yeah. I never bought uh Decepticons. I would really? only I never wanted Decepticons. I only wanted Autobots. I was a good I was you know what I mean? Like so I, you can create scenarios you know, then. My cousin was a Decepticon guy, and so we would do things together. He liked he was, you know, which kind of says a lot about our personalities. Okay. Uh but no, no, I was more of a I was more of an Autobots guy. I was because you know me, Sean. I was always doing the planning. My guys are always planning. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were strategizing. I just needed the guys to strategize. Uh, good question. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yo, Alan, who would you rather have, Riley Leonard or Cal McCord? Is this, are, this is a joke, right? This, this is the part of the show where we do jokes and bits. I mean, it, it's it's Riley Leonard, certainly. Uh, look, I like Kyle McCord. I, I do. I think Kyle McCord's getting a bit of a bum rap, bum rap from some Ohio State fans, and he's kind of being punished for what I think are more so Ryan Day's failures as a coach. But this isn't close. And it's for two reasons. Number one, I think Riley Leonard's a more dynamic playmaker. I think that's a big part of it. I think he's yeah. a guy that I look at and, and believe, you know, he he can do things that 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 Kyle McCord can't when things are off script. And I think that's a must for Notre Dame. And and where Kyle McCord is more of a he's gonna hurt you in the pocket. When he beats you, he's gonna beat you in the pocket. He doesn't handle pressure as well. And I mean literal pressure as well. The other part too is I just think that the the evolution this offense wants to go through fits more of what Riley Leonard is than what Kyle McCord is. Mm-hmm. That's just what it comes down to. Kyle McCord is a lot like Sam Hartman. Sean, to your point earlier, is he's a guy that you put in and the pieces around him are pretty good and you've got to just get the ball where it needs to go to. I I don't I, I like Notre Dame's talent. I don't know that it's quite there yet for that. Plus, there's some question marks about the offensive line and Riley Leonard's going to have a much better opportunity of, of making plays at times when the offensive line breaks down than Kyle McCord is. If the offensive line has a bad game, with Kyle McCord or Sam Hartman, you're just screwed. I mean, whereas if the offensive line doesn't actually play with Riley Leonard, he can still go make some play. I mean, because Notre, Notre Dame ate up the Duke offensive line quite a bit as well. Like, we all talk about how much Notre Dame's offensive line got dominated by Duke, and they did. But Notre Dame's defensive line had a day against Duke as well, and Riley yeah. was still able to go out there and use his legs to, to make plays. And you you need that. You need that in my This team especially needs that. Yeah. Now, down the road, can you get away with that? Sure, but right now they don't. And again, as I said, but the first factor is because Riley Leonard is just a better football player than Colin McCord, in yeah. my opinion. I agree with that. 
you know, better prospect as far as him going to the NFL. And I do think Cal McCord is getting a bad rap. But if Cal McCord felt like he played well enough to get assurances to be the starter going into next season, then you don't understand being a quarterback at Ohio State. Because you didn't do what previous great quarterbacks did, which is improve to a certain point in their first year. C.J. Stroud and Justin Fields did that. They both struggled early, similar to you. But by the time they got to the end of that first year, you know, the coaches were like, okay, we, we got to do. Obviously, you didn't make the Ohio State coaches feel that way. So they have to do what they have to do. If they have to go to the portal, that's what they have to do. And he made the choice not to compete and to go to a place where he can be the guy. And uh, it is what it is, but definitely. I don't, it's not even close for me, Brian. Like, Riley Leonard, easily. In the estimate trucking LLC, is lack of weight the only thing holding the Mill Wagner back, or is it a combination of size and technique? It's not so much weight as it is the ability to move people with the weight that you have. I mean, Emil Wagner is not that much lighter right now than what Robert Hainsey was when he started as a freshman and as a sophomore at Notre Dame. He was 292, you know, never got more than 295. He'd get up to 300 pounds as a senior and then get back to 295. It's more about he. It's where that weight is is distributed. And the problem with Emil is he's got a he's got a little bit of a skinnier lower half right now that needs to get kind of get filled out and and he's got to really enhance the lower body strength i think he's a very athletic and explosive kid i mean you can watch it in the games he played this year sean i mean he looks much more comfortable coming off in the run game than he does the pass game so there's still Mm -hmm. technical things he's got to learn too but it really just comes back to does he have enough in his behind and and below to move people and hold up in, in, in at the next level or i mean it's like a 60 plus snap guy yeah. And that's you could see it this year in pass pro. I mean, he he kind of set oh. and, and he would lose it, and guys would just kind of drive him back. Yeah, you know, and and some of that's technical, and some of that's like he just needs another off season of getting stronger. Yeah. Now the strength will maybe only adds two to three pounds. I don't care. He could also add twelve pounds, get up to three hundred, and not be any better because not all weight is good weight. Right. It's about building up the lower half. He's done a good job of building up his upper body. I mean, I I was looking at a picture of him from when he was a recruit, and you can just see his arms are just so much more defined and thicker, and he's filled out his chest and all that. Now he's got to try to figure out, you know, now he's got to fill out, you know, grow grow that bo- lower body a little bit. And if it only results in three, four pounds, but he starts moving people, and he's able to ankle better, better anchor better, and, yeah. and those type of things and hold up better at the point of attack, that's really what it comes down to. It's It's not so much weight. Because again, he could add twelve pounds. He added twelve pounds last offseason. He could add another twelve, and nothing changes. Yeah, it's about the ability to move people and then hold up at the point of attack when you're giving ground, like you do in pass pro. Those are the big concerns I have. But I'm hoping he can figure it out. Because the one thing about Emil, he's a very talented young man. Yo, There's no doubt about it. He has an impressive hand punch. Mm-hmm. I do. I mean, I remember watching one practice and he just collapsed. Nano Sapolinsky. Just man, and then he fell into another defensive line. So he literally took out two guys, and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah." I love his arm length, athleticism, 
he like yo he just has really good tools to be a really good tackle but like you said sometimes man you know you got to have that big bottom man <laughs> no point it, it helps to have that to be able to anchor down and hold off because the game is different like you said brian right players used to try to go around you to get to the quarterback now so many players are good at just coming off with speed and transferring the power and just pushing you back into the quarterback and uh you have to be able to hold up against that man yep yeah once again SMA trucking if both starting interior defensive linemen return do you expect any younger guys to transfer out and what role do you think Xavier Rubio Jason Onye and Armel Mukum will play next season I don't believe they'll transfer out. I mean, not every like guys. If 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 this was a world where every kid who wasn't going to start is going to leave, teams would be turning over half their roster every year. And to me, I just I don't know of any. If someone's going to transfer out, it, it's going to they would have transferred out anyway. What role do I think those guys will have? I mean, with Rubio and Onye, it's going to be the same one they had this year. The hope, if for Rubio is he can stay healthy. And then the hope for Onye is that he can just he can be more consistent because Jason will have some really impressive snaps. Like, mm-hmm. wow, that's really impressive. And then he'll have a couple snaps. You're like, yeah, he's still learning. He still don't know what he's doing yet. And so you, what you need to do with him, if you're out like Al Washington did a great job um, going from what Onye was in 2022 to the growth he needed for 2023. Now it's about taking that to another level and getting more consistent. And then Armel Mukum, it just depends on how he develops this offseason. So he's going to have a chance to be a good player, but don't forget about Devin Houston either. He's a guy that's going to have a chance. And Donovan Heinish is another guy. He's not going to be easy to pass up. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be easy to pass up at all. So he's another guy that's going to – I mean, the depth is great. And if But if, if somebody transfers out because of those guys coming back, then, then you have to do that because you're trying to go win football games next year. That's what it comes down to. Quinn Kibler, thank you for the mailbag. Was watching some Leonard highlights and didn't see many plays. He is really airing it out. What is the extent of his arm strength? I assume he wasn't asked to do a lot of that, but can. I don't disagree with that. I mean, I, I don't agree with that take at all. I, I think this is why you don't watch highlight tapes because highlight tapes, when you're watching Riley Leonard, they're going to show off the running ability. That's just the way that he plays the game. But this is a kid – you know that that in 2022 passed for almost 3,000 yards in in 13 games with a team that didn't really have great receivers and had multiple 300 yard games. I mean, I'll tell you what: if you want to if you want to know what kind of throwing ability he has, here's a great game to go watch. Go watch him duel Sam Hartman two years ago in 2022, and he threw for 391 yards that game, completed 70.7 percent of his passes, and threw four touchdowns. That would be a game that I would encourage you to go watch. But the the other part of it too is is the nature of the Duke offense, they were not throwing the ball down the field very much. That's just not who they were. And they didn't have really the receivers for it. They have a bunch of 5'11", six-foot guys. I mean, they had uh, the Pankle kid last year who was 6'4", but he was, you know, wasn't a guy that was going to be stretching the field. You know what I mean? So uh, arm talent-wise, like I don't believe Riley has a, a cannon. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to be throwing a bunch of 60-plus-yard bombs. He's not a guy that's going to be rolling to his left, throwing across his body, throwing absolute bazookas between three guys like Caleb Williams did against UCLA two years ago. It's the throw I have in mind. But he's got really impressive arm talent. Uh, arm strength is good. I mean, he, he's he got really good 20 and in arm, ta- arm strength. 
And there's two types of arm strength. Some guys can throw really with a lot of velocity 20 and in, but they don't have great downfield arms. Some guys have great downfield arms, but not as great on some of the other stuff. When you mm-hmm. watch Raleigh throw, he's throwing 15-yard out cuts from the, from the boundary to the field. He's throwing stop routes to the field. He can throw corner routes with some – it gets up and down quickly. He can attack the middle of the field, uh, and he's great at changing arm angles. So there's a lot of that to his game that I don't know you're going to – if you're just watching game highlights, they're not going to show him throwing a, a 12-yard speed out to the field. They're going to show him making three people miss in the backfield and then running for 40 yards. That's what they're going to show. You know, it's just the nature of it. So uh, I like his arm talent. Now, there's parts of his game that still need a lot of work. There's no doubt about that as he transitions to this offense, but he's got a lot of lot of arm talent, in my opinion. Given the fate of the O-line, do you think Pendleton, Jagasaw, and Absher will be given a fair chance to compete for real playing time? So which two do you think will make the biggest impact? Certainly. Certainly they will. I mean, look, I as far as which two, Jagasaw, I mean, either one of those two. I, I mean, if I had to lean somewhere, I'd probably go Absher just because he'll be competing at tackle as well. And there's going to be need for tackle battles where it'll be, you know, maybe a little tougher road at guard. Although I would love to see Sam Pendleton and Rocco Spindler and a lot of other guys get a chance to beat out Pat Coogan next year. I just, I'm not optimistic. I, for whatever reason, Joe Rudolph just seems to be fully <laughs> aboard that Pat Coogan train, no matter what. And uh, I don't get it, but there's just way more physically gifted players that need to be given that opportunity. And hopefully Pendleton's one of those guys. But uh, I, I mean, right now, just because of, of opportunity, I would I would assume it'd be Jagasaw and Absher because Pendleton's a pure inside guy. Yeah, I think Jagasaw and Absher could both play guard, but they're right now they're both also guys that have a chance to play at tackle. Thank you, Charles Lynch, for the uh, mailbag. Why did Holden Stays transfer? Understand why the rest of the guys left, but haven't heard a reason for Stays who was slated to start. No, he was not slated to he start. Was not slated to start. No, he might have started the bowl game, but that's not even a given. No, I mean Eli Raritan was fast on his tail. I mean he was he was pushing for playing time. He was the guy that they were designing stuff for against Wake Forest, not Holden. Um, not that they didn't like they liked Holden, but the fact is, Sean, look, man, here's the deal. You Holden had multiple opportunities to seize hold of the job. He had 100 yards against NC State. The next week, Mitchell Evans misses the Central Michigan game, and Holden's just he's not there. You know, he's not, he's not, he just didn't, doesn't play well. He drops a third down pass. He just doesn't step up and do what he needed to do. And, and so they loved Holden, but there were just other guys that were just as good, and he wasn't going to be the guy next year. I mean, he was hoping. He was going to battle, have a battle to hang on to the number two job mm-hmm. next season. And that's not a knock on Holden. I think that's a really good pickup for Tennessee. It's just that's how loaded that room is at tight end. That's what it boils down to for me. Agree. Some chatter about Leonard ended up at Auburn or Ohio State. How confident are you that he ends up Irish? I stop paying attention to chatter, guys. I, I mean, I, look, I'm, it's his announcement to make. I don't know how many more breadcrumbs and hints and things that we can say about not reading the things that you're reading about other schools. Just let it play out. I'm very confident, very confident. Just let it play out. 
Thanks for the mailbag, Michael Johnson. With Howard Cross returning, what are the chances that Molly Riley Mills returns also? Pretty good from what we've heard. Pretty good. I, I don't know that a final decision has 100% been made, but right now with both him and Xavier Watts, if I were to make a prediction right now, I would predict they both come back. Again, I don't believe full final decisions have been made for either, but that's where it's trending right now. Oh, that defense has so much potential. Yes, year. it does. Ooh. Kevin Bill, thank you for the mailbag. Any concern with all the drops from Collins last year? Heard he led Clemson in drops. I believe he tipped an easy catch on the Morrison pick last year. No, that was more. That wasn't that. Was, not, that wasn't that was, easy. It was not easy. Yeah, no. uh, the defense did a good job there. Yeah, I went back and looked at that because I don't know if he led the team in drops, but I mean he had five drops last year and. He had three the year before that and five the year before that, which is a pretty high number. But when I went back and looked at it, Kevin, I I didn't see an issue. Some of those drops were like, yeah, that's not a drop. Because I'd go back and look and see who pro football focus, what games had as a drop, and I'd go back and try to find those. Because part of evaluation is you look at the good games, you also look at the games where he didn't produce or he had some drops. And I think there was like maybe one or two where you're like, man, you got to catch that ball. Drops are going to happen. Everybody drops balls. But the others were like, yeah, that's that's a tough ask right there that's a real tough ask to count that as a drop and so it's not a concern for me and then one of them he had was like just dude don't run until you've caught the ball which happens i mean michael mayer had a lot of drops his first two years right and by the time he was done at notre dame he didn't have any drops last year it's just part of the evolution of a pass catcher good point yeah that's a really good point yeah yeah, it's just the evolution of pass catchers that you just got to – you've got to – sometimes it's a focus thing. You know, it's definitely not a hands thing. That's for darn sure. It, it just comes down to what your focus needs to be. And then also, because like some of those drops are put in situations where, um, boy, you, um, you're you asking a lot of that dude. But, yeah, Michael yeah. Mayer in his career at Notre Dame had 12 drops, five, three, and four. So, I mean, drops are going to happen. And he had great hands. But when you put balls into tight windows, that's going to increase the odds that a ball gets dropped, especially when a defender makes a play. Like, that was a really tight window that that Cade Klubner tried to put that ball, and Benjamin Morrison made a good play on it. Yeah, Bo needed to play it better, but Benjamin made a good play on it. That was just a darn good play. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fair question, though, uh, Kevin, because that was one of the things I questioned when I looked at the numbers and stuff and started breaking down the film. That's something I looked for. It's a very fair question. Irish Blood, if Mitchie plays in the bowl, does he lose his red shirt? Lost track of how many games he has been in. Yeah, he wouldn't lose his he wouldn't lose a red shirt even if the rule was different. But my understanding, according to what Marcus Freeman said, is um bowl games don't count towards that. Yeah, they don't. I, I, I hope Kenny plays. I just I don't have a lot of faith that they're gonna play him. That's just where I'm at right now. But I he needs to play, in my opinion. Jacob Hayden, thank you for the mail back. <sighs> Where would you rank the wide receiver room now with Mike Brown and the guys who transferred in compared to Stucky and the guys who left? Well, if we're looking at 2024, the receiver room is going to be a lot better in 2024 than it was in 2023. Number one, I think it's a big upgrade at coach. Number two, you're going to have so much more experience this year mm-hmm. than last year. You're going to have four seniors or, or older in the room. Yeah. Um, you're going to have different body types. So I think that you maybe were lacking. You're not going to have as many 
where your entire roster is basically a bunch of slots, which is basically what the receiver room was for a chunk of this year outside of the Merriweather. Mm-hmm. Guys like Great House and Faison are going to have a whole year of experience under their belt. And, you know, because like Great House and Faison played a lot more than Tobias did as a freshman. And, uh, and so you're going to have those guys. I, they're going to be, I, I, this is going to sound like, I like Rico Flores, but that's not a loss. I mean, they're, they're going to be fine there. I mean, what I mean is like not a loss. It's not that he's a bad kid. It's just like, they're, they're going to be fine. I mean, I've mm-hmm. said, I said all season, they were putting him in positions to be the dude when he shouldn't be put in position to be the dude. He's a, he is a guy that is a key piece to the puzzle. And essentially, you you lost him and Tyree and Tobias, and you're going to replace them with Bo Collins, Chris Mitchell, Cam Williams, Micah Gilbert, and Logan Saldate, and KK Smith, plus a better coach. I just I think the room's going to be better. The key is going to be: can you get uh, Thomas and and uh, Colsey back healthy? That's going to be the key to me. And and can Greathouse take that next step as a player? Like, to me, I think Jaden Greathouse could ultimately hold the key to how good the receiver room is next year. Not Mitchell, Collins, Thomas, Colsey, Cam Williams with all their phase on. If Jaden Greathouse can take that year two jump I think he's capable of, that mm-hmm. could be the thing that really separates things. Because if you get him dominating over the middle and from the slot, it's going to open up so many more opportunities for the tight ends and the outside players he could have a really big impact. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the Irish Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's the holiday season, which means it's a time for giving. Giving to our community is important. There's always joy in giving to our friends and family. We also need to ensure that we are properly focused on giving to ourselves and making sure we're taking steps to give ourselves the tools we need to get through the tough times. The holidays are a perfect time for that. It's important to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. There are ways to make sure you have the tools to be the best version of yourself. And that's not something that's only for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving... Give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish. So McGriff, thank you for the mailbag. Happy Monday, mailbag. Which position group on each side of the ball needs to get the most out of these 15 bowl practices and games? Offensive line, 100% on offense. 100 percent on offense and in linebacker on defense i'm really i really think it's going to be good to see guys like bowen and Allsbury and sneed getting a lot of reps a linebacker they really need to take a jump 
really need to take a jump, in my opinion. What do you think, Sean? I, man, for me, O-line is definitely immediate. But I think the wide receiver core with Mike Brown, I think it's going to be very interesting to watch as well. Like, do we see any improvement in these practices mm -hmm. from these young wide receivers? That's going to bear watching as well. So I would kind of put like a little star next to the wide receivers in the bowl game as well. But I agree with you defensively. I agree with you defensively. Thank you for Super Chat, Michael S. When do you think Leonard will announce his choice? I mean, uh, when he's when he when he's, when he's ready. ready to... <laughs> I don't we're I don't think we're gonna be waiting too much longer, people. I just wish you guys would just learn to let stuff play out and just trust the process a little bit and just <laughs> I'm not gonna say it was that. like last I'm not gonna people, lecture anybody today. I'm well, sorry. no, when people were you know, sometimes you know there's a method to the madness, right? And some people wait for other people to announce before they're going to announce so they don't step on the commitment of somebody else or departure. You know, or departure and you know they're coordinating with said university school whatever on the release and all of that and then like last week when everybody was like when are we going to find out who's opting out well i mean most of the guys are on the banquet circuit and aren't even at notre dame and then the notre dame people are on the road that they were or i think uh katie was at the award banquet with the players and not in the office so you know, she would be involved with the release. Well, they probably could still release stuff. Without it's her out. it's so absurd that they haven't released all the that that they went Monday to Friday and none of those other things that we all knew were going to happen or been yeah. released yet. So it's like that's why we did the mailbag on Thursday. I was really pissed because it's like I want to preview the game. I want to mm -hmm. break down the game, but I can't because I can't talk about this guy, this guy, and this guy not playing because we're not going to steal his moment. And then I'm not going to lie to y'all and talk about these guys playing when I know they're not playing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's no reason to have waited this long. There's no it reason is. that some of these players that we could talk about have not, like, I know they know they're leaving. They've known for a while now. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's annoying. It just, it's, uh, the, this attempt at controlling every little bit, it's got to come out. This it has got to come out. This is, and then just go three, four days. And you drop three bits of information in an hour and a half on Sunday. You couldn't have dropped one of those on Saturday. Yeah. You know, just whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You know how it is. We mm -hmm. get frustrated about you it. It does come us. across as, I'll be honest, it comes across as like intentional. Like when you release three things that close together, you know, we can't get the most out of what we're doing. Cause if, right. if three things come out right at once, none of them are going to be like the big deal. They're all kind of part of it. Yeah. Whereas if you just space it out, cause like they, but they don't care about even with the Mike Brown uh, announcement, it was like a Sunday night. Right after movie. Howard Cross announced he was coming back. And then right, right. before Bo Collins announced he was transferred. Right, right. They knew when all of those things were going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's get to some more here, Sean. Uh, DD, I couldn't agree more with regards. Thanks for the super chat, Steve. I'm yeah, sorry. Uh, couldn't agree more with regards to allowing transfers and who are not coming to Notre Dame for a degree. The standard is the standard for an MD degree. It should be fair, but I don't want it cheap. That's the key. Should Notre Dame as an institution work with kids who are outstanding students, but also outstanding football players to be able to transfer as undergrads? Yes, they should. 
Should they sacrifice, hey, we're going to take this kid who took these garbage generic classes at so-and-so school and got a 2-5, but he runs a 4-3? No. No. Because that kid's not going to get anything out of Notre Dame for anything other than football. And that's just not who Notre Dame should be, in my opinion. And and I don't believe that you have to sacrifice winning in championships for that. I, I think there's it, – it's like an – it's either lower your standards significantly because all the great players who look a certain way and run a certain way and from certain part of the country, just they don't care about this or just assume your team is going to predominantly look like this and be a certain way and not win and there's no happy mediums. Bull crap. Bull crap. And, you know, like things change over time, but go back and look at the 88 team. There are plenty of guys that that weren't maybe the the ideal typical Notre Dame student, but came here and thrived because it mattered to them, mm-hmm. right? And they did whatever was needed to get here and thrive. Where if you get some kid is at a school and he's taking a bunch of gen ed classes and not going to class half the time, I don't care what he runs in the forty. But there's plenty of kids who have all the talent in the world and care about those things and come here and thrive. And you need to find those guys and bring those guys here. You don't have to settle for some kid who doesn't want to do the work to be successful. You don't need to settle on that kid because there are plenty of kids who aren't that way Mm -hmm. and that are also very talented football players and they need to find those guys. That's going to be the key. And there are, there are more than people think there are. Yeah. Brian Elliott. Thanks for the super chat. Thanks for the content guys. I like how you do the B in there with the two E's. Good stuff. I'm I'm excited to see what is in store for the next year. This year was a disappointment to me personally, but I believe in better things or that better things are to come. Let's go. I agree. It was a very disappointing year. There's no doubt about that. No doubt about that. But I hope next year is better because this year sucked. It really did. I'm not going to lie. It really sucked. Hey, they hit the over. If you if you took the over in Vegas, yeah, the that's over. true. They hit the over, so that's a good thing. But no, I look. There's a lot to look forward to, right? Um, I say this all the time, and um, sometimes we get so focused on the blessing that we really don't understand how grateful we should be for avoiding the catastrophe. See, the blessing is the national championship, right? Like people, like the things that come up to manifestation, people like, oh, man, that's wonderful. But what could have happened that didn't happen that you might not even know about? And for that, I think multiple times last two seasons, the seasons could have gone off the rail and become even worse than it ended up. And you're looking at a man that's a head coach for the first time in Notre Dame that has his first two years has been better than his predecessor's first two years. So as much as you want to be disappointed, the talent is in considerable better shape than it was when he took over on the roster. You always wanted the quarterback situation to be dealt with and improved. Hey, you might not like the way he's going about it with it being the portal, but hey, he's identified that he's trying to solve the issue. There are so many things to be positive about than to focus on, you know, the disappointment of what could have been. 
It's a lot of teams other than the four teams that are going to be playing for the net, the championship that have the same feeling. What could have been everybody else is in that same position. What could have been this game, this one game here, this one game here. It's par for the course. If you don't get the job done, man, you know, and it's like, it's only one team at the end of the year in the NFL. That's going to feel like they accomplished their goal. So, you know, it's par for the course. And somebody else mentioned a uh, culture. They're like, yo, why hasn't a culture been established? Man, culture is not something you just come in in the first year and just establish that. There's so many moving parts to that. The right staff, players that buy in, you know, dealing with players that were used to another culture, you know, when you get there. It's just so many different facets that play into things, getting to a point where, yo, it is where it needs to be. So, you know, going into the third year, would I say this year is any more important than last year? I mean, that's subjective. You can make that debate or have, you know, make that argument. But the opportunity is is there. The opportunity was definitely there with the Ohio State game. It's a game you should have won. There's no way around that. You sit down with Marcus Freeman, I'm sure he would tell you flat out, we should have won that game. The Louisville game, I'm sure the coaches would sit there and tell you, yeah, we should have been better prepared for that game. We should have won that game. Heck, they might tell you we should have beat Duke by more points Yeah, than we did. It It is, you know, I understand the disappointment. I, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from, Sean, but I, I kind of feel like it's like with a lot of these things, there's, 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 it doesn't always have to be this or this, right? Like, yes, it could have been worse, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to pat you on the butt and say great job because it didn't collapse. You, you know what I mean? Like, I get what you're saying, but like, to me, I still, I still, I still am always going to look at the season like I did 2017, like I did 20, you know, uh, uh 2015, where I'm going to be like, Sure, it could have been worse. It could have been 2016, but gosh, it was such a huge missed opportunity. And that doesn't mean like I somebody on the board yesterday was like, if they're not in the playoff next year, they need to fire Marcus Freeman. Like that's just so absurd. <laughs> but then there's also the thing where I don't want to get it. This is my opinion. I don't want to get into the realm that uh, too many people were with Brian Kelly. Where yeah, it could have been. It could be worse. We could have Charlie Weiss again or Ty Willingham again. So accept this. I'm like, no, I'm not going to accept that because it does. It's not as bad as it was then, because it still should have been better. And and there are times when when you look at a season and say, yeah, it was disappointing. I thought I thought I hoped they could have been better. But you look, I'm like, yeah, that team was better than you were. That team was better than you were. And there's not a single team that they lost to this year that you're like that team was better. I mean, you lost to a Clemson team. That was four and four, and had eight starters out with injuries. Like, I, just no excuse for that. You know, no excuse for losing Louisville the way you did. And and so I, I, I that's where my frustration comes from. Yes, it could have definitely been a lot worse, but it but it's all part of. I will say this: it is all part of the building process. Because even you know, you look at Coach Holtz's first two years. You know, went five and six in year one. Started off in year two and things looked pretty great. I mean, a Heisman Trophy winner and and Tim Brown that season and and uh, you know they, that was a really dangerous team for a while. They'd climbed up all the way to number four at one point in time and then up to number seven 
and then they were eight and one and, and ranked seventh in the country. And they've got Penn State on the road and Miami on the road coming up. And if they win those two games, boy, they got a shot to go do something. They lost both of them and then went in the bowl game and got destroyed by Texas AM and finished the year eight and four. Very disappointing mm-hmm. end of that season for that showed a lot of promise. But the lessons learned from that season, good and bad, are what led to the necessary changes for Coach Holtz who needed to change the culture, just like Marcus Freeman, to say, hey, we're not going to have this happen again. We're going to change this. And then that led to 12-0 the next season. And so certainly the culture needs to change. But it doesn't – like that's the point I will agree with, Sean. It doesn't change overnight. And it does take time. And sometimes it takes disappointment and failure before kids finally get it. This is why I've been telling you need to do this. you know, Or you know what? Some of these kids here – I thought I could win with them, but I can't. And we're gonna, you know, we're gonna weed out the guys that we can't win with this offseason. And so you'd hear about the crazy winter workouts they were doing because Lou Holtz was basically saying, I'm trying to get some of y'all to quit. Because <laughs> cause you know what I mean? Like I'm and seriously, and 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 to a degree, I mean, that's what that's I mean, you see that at all type of levels where mental toughness and physical toughness are are so important. Some of them are more, you know, you look at our, you know, what is basic training about? What is what is the SEAL training about? It's about getting the kids, to, the guys to quit who can't make it, who can't do it. And um, and that's part of what you need to see. It's like you, you need to, whether it's extra hard workouts or, okay, I'm going to bring in some transfers and yeah. see how you respond to it. And if you don't want to compete, leave. Yeah. Right? And so yeah. it's all that's all part of it. And, and no, culture's not changed overnight. And when you do have a, a, a younger coach, he's going to make mistakes, which Marcus Freeman certainly has. But it, the question is, does he learn the right lessons from it? That's the big question. Yeah. He will learn lessons from it. He will make changes. Will they be the right lessons and the right changes? That's a different question for a different day. And, you know, and it, one of the experiences that I it brings up in my mind is, uh, which goes back to the point, like, some people get so caught up in what has happened and the disappointment of it that you really don't get an opportunity to be thankful for, yo, what exists and what could have happened. Like, I just never forget my daughter's phone rings. She's out. My wife picks it up. She wakes me up. Ari was just in an accident. It's like 12 o'clock at night. She's coming home from my god sister's house. Jump in the car, flying over there, right? She's in tears. She's rattled. She's, Daddy, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about the car. I don't give a darn about that car. I I don't care. Like, yes, eventually I'm going to be disappointed in the premium going up and what I have to pay to get you. Yes, that disappointment is there. But in this moment, I care less about that car. Like, you're okay? Then we're good. And in this moment, we can be disappointed about this season. Like, that's a wreck. I, cool. That's a wreck. There's nothing you can do about that. But what exists is we don't have the same dysfunction that was there in one position room. We get a chance to improve the strength and conditioning. The opportunity is there. We have a head coach that shows accountability and is willing to move on and improve on those mistakes and hold his coaching staff accountable. Like things are in place for things to get better. 
And that is what I mean. Like, don't get so caught up on the wreck of the season that you don't see the promise of what can be with the talent that's on the roster. Even though it's young, but the talent is there. And the promise is there. You know, so when I say, like, kind of be thankful in this season, because it kind of lines up with the season that we're in. But, yeah, that's why you watch the Sun Bowl, for the promise, for those young players. And, and for because that's what real to. fans do. Yeah. Right? You're not a real fan if you only care about your team when it's good. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like it's like like you said, you use, use the marriage thing. Like, in my opinion, why do a lot of marriages fail? I can only speak to the ones that I've been around. I can't speak to mm-hmm. people I don't know. But a lot of the ones I'm around because they got married, they got married and they lived in this world where everything was going to be perfect. It was all be like the courtship. And as soon as tough times came, I'm out. Mm-hmm. You didn't really love that person. Cause if you did, you did, you'd see through it. You'd fight through mm-hmm. it. I can promise you there are long stretches of my marriage where my wife and I didn't like each other very much, but we loved each other. And we understood what commitment and what it meant to be in that, you know, till death do us part meant something that, you know, so like I didn't just love her when it was easy. Oh man. It's true. Love is the, is the love that lasts through the dark times. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's same thing with fans. Like if you're truly a fan, it doesn't mean you need to like it or be happy, but I've never understood that. I'm not going to watch them anymore. I'm like, I don't get that. I don't get, I mean, if I was ever going to do that, it would have been during the Brian Kelly era. I promise you. Like it's still like, but it's still, it's still my team. It's yeah. it's like I don't like what I'm seeing, and I'm gonna be pissed about it and complain about it in the chat, and that's all good. Totally get it, but it's still my team. I'm still watching. Yeah. That's just that's just my take. But I I still say, but it, but we also as a fan base should never settle, and that that was the that's always the danger because I felt like there was way way too much of that during the Brian Kelly era, and I want to and I, this I'm not saying this is what you're doing, Sean. This is just my opinion. We need to make sure that as much because Brian Marcus Freeman is so much more likable than Brian Kelly and easier to root for than Brian Kelly. But we can't change the standard just because we like him more. Right. And because he's, you know, we we want him to succeed or for whatever reason, you can't change. The standard is still the standard. And and if Brian Kelly would have gone nine and three this season, I'd be ripping Brian Kelly for going nine and three this season. It's like him going nine and three with a Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback, right? Which is hilarious. But uh, but there are also a lot of reasons to be excited about what's coming, and that's yeah. kind of you know it's will they learn the proper lessons? That's going to be the yeah. question. That's, that's the opportunity the at hand. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we 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 actually need to get out of here. I did want to answer a couple questions before we get out of here. Um, just real briefly, uh, yeah. NC Notre Dame fan Sean and Brian, do you think Caleb Downs picked Notre Dame that he would have started over Xavier Watts? Last I checked, they have two starting safeties. Why <laughs> why would he start over Watts? I don't mm-hmm. even understand. Like, so you're telling me they would have benched Watts and started Caleb Downs alongside DJ Brown? Why wouldn't your question be how good? Like, here's this is talking about like I don't understand. Man, imagine how good of a safety tandem Xavier Watts and Caleb Downs would have been. Why were we even having a conversation about whether or not he'd be starting over Xavier Watts? Like I don't even understand the like why that would even be a question. Uh, couple here's here's a comment that I like from Katie Kevers. If anything, Sam Hartman paved the way for exactly 
Notre, what exactly for what exactly Notre Dame can do in the NIL era? Huge help for recruiting, having that example to point to. That is a great point because Sam Hartman showed if you come to Notre Dame and you have value, you're the quarterback, you will make money. Sam Hartman had a very mediocre season, let's be honest, for a solid, good top 20 team. Imagine what you can make as a quarterback of a team that leads Notre Dame to the playoff. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's the like, Ian Book would have cleaned up in the NIL era. Cleaned yeah. up. Now, I have my feelings about Ian Book as a quarterback, but Ian Book would have cleaned up in the in, in the NIL era if that's what if that was the case during his Notre Dame tenure. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's a great point by Katie Sean is these kids coming in like a Sam Hartman and making a lot of money in NIL is going to is opening a lot of people's eyes like, hey, Notre Dame's serious about, you know, like I, I'll tell you this. I had a, a parent reached out to me and uh, told me that there was a lot of schools reaching out to his kid who's not even in the portal, by the way, <laughs> not even looking at going to the portal. And they're offering them huge NIL money. And that's a co- different conversation that we can have later. But his thing was like, is Notre Dame offering as much as other schools? No, but they are definitely doing enough to make us happy with being here. Now, this is a kid that no one's advertised what he's doing in IO. I mean, it's none of that yeah. stuff, but it's like Notre Dame's doing a lot more than people think. Now, is every kid going to be happy with it? No, but dude, there's kids jumping in the portal because they're only making 1 million. They want to make three. I mean, it just, you're always going to have those kids, but Notre Dame yeah. is doing a lot more in the NIL universe than a lot of people realize. And I think yeah. Sam Hartman, to Katie's point, absolutely showed the potential, the earning potential that you can have. Like imagine if Jaden Daniels did what he did at LSU at Notre Dame. Like that would be nuts how much money he would have made in NIL deals. Because LSU is still a regional program when it comes to the brand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Brand. Make sure Preston doesn't see hear that. Hey. <laughs> Bro waited two years to try to come at me and just a screenshot. It had a screenshot. I was like, oh, you're so corny. Oh yeah. man, you're so corny. He's still Lame. mad. Down he's, he's still he, exactly. He's still, still in mad. his feelings because I owned him on his own show. It's not my fault you don't know what you're talking about and i knew more about your roster than you do that's not my fault and it's, um, it's not my fault that the same thing you're getting the same thing that we got from brian kelly so right. i mean yeah. you thought all of a sudden he was going to get to lsu and because it's lsu all of a sudden brian kelly was going to become a totally different coach right nope. no 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 uh but it's and, and i don't even mean this as a shot at lsu lsu is a national power in football but football is different than brand power mm-hmm. right like nobody in california is going to care about having an lsu quarterback in an advertisement they will if it's a notre dame quarterback if he's a that kind of player that's just a fact right just like usc is a brand as a national brand so caleb williams goes and wins a heisman trophy at at, at, at usc we see him on a lot more commercials than we saw Jaden Daniels and I would argue that Jaden Daniels season this year was even more dynamic than what Caleb Williams was last year because he was so dynamic in both ways and and to me just was I mean just literally put a team on his shoulders in the SEC but he doesn't have the same brand power that like if Caleb Williams would have put up the numbers this year that Jaden Daniels did oh my 
there's not even a conversation about who should get the Heisman Trophy. But it was with Jaden Daniels because it's just it's it's about brand. Mm-hmm. And Notre Dame, say whatever you want, is still the biggest brand in college sports. Are they the best football program? Clearly not. But it's not about that. It's about the brand. And Sam Hartman showed that the brand in this era of NIL has a lot, a lot to, to do with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so that was something to that that is um, is pretty big. So, Sean, uh, I'm actually having some connection issues here, so we're going to have to wrap this up and because uh, I'm, I'm probably going to have to drop this and restart it and everything. And, and so there's a lot of questions I wanted to get to, and I'm sorry that we, we're not able to get to all those. Uh, but we will be back. We're going to have a 6 o'clock tonight, have an IB Nation sports talk show. If some news breaks between now and then, and we're expecting some news to, to break over the next 24 hours, some several bits of news is what we're hoping and anticipating for. Uh, then I will jump on that show as well at six o'clock and talk about it. Otherwise mm-hmm. we'll talk about it tomorrow. So uh, that's going to do it for today's show, everybody. Thank you all so much for Sean on Brian. If you hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast, sign up for the message boards at boards.breakdown.com. And more importantly, have a phenomenal rest of your day. And we'll talk to you again soon on the Irish breakdown podcast. <laughs> Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.